Praise the Lord. How many feel like the Lord's been better to you than anybody else? Come on, that's the way we should feel. He's been better to me than he has to you. Amen. But we know he's no respecter of person. Turn around, look at somebody, tell them you're glad to see him this morning. Glad to have you out here with us today. Amen, amen. A lot going on. Uh, I do want to say pray for Brother Bob. Uh, he does have an aneurysm in his stomach and uh, having some been having some problems, and I think they think he may have a, I think it's a kidney stone. So uh, remember him in your prayers. If you know anything about that, it's very painful. Uh, makes it feel like you're hurting in your back. But uh, how many is excited for what the Lord is doing? How many believe he's still doing something? Amen. Now, how many notice, notice the outside? Pull it. Did you notice the shrubs gone? Man, I tell you what, a few of us yesterday, man, we worked. We were soaking wet uh, by by noon by noon o'clock. Amen. But we had all this down the matter of fact, all this down the side with those shrubs gone. It actually looks so much nicer than I thought it would uh, in the front. So uh, thank you, thank you to the brothers that showed up and uh, those that showed up, and uh, one strong one strong brother that showed up to help us out out of the whole group, Sister Tracy. The only female showed up, and I think she mowed the whole yard over there while we were working, so she loves to mow. So uh, remember those things today. Remember what's going on. Uh, I'm excited for White Elephant Auction coming up next Saturday. Amen. we got a bunch of good stuff, so if you have some items to bring in, please bring those in. I need those before Wednesday or by Wednesday uh, so that we can get everything wrapped up. How many have something on your heart today? Hold that hand up there. Come on, put that thought in your heart. How many, have, how many feel a burden in your heart for some things? How many know somebody really, really needs God to move in a, in a strong way? I, I feel that today. Let's just go before the Lord. Let's take a few moments to pray. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord and pray with me. Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you for health. Thank you for strength. God, thank you for, Lord God, what we are able to do in our bodies today, God. Thank you, Lord, for our class. Thank you, Lord God, for those that are present today, Jesus. And thank you, Lord, for those that even come by faith, Lord. God, we trust and believe today, God, that, that you minister to us, God. Help us, Lord. God, help our class to grow, Lord. Help us to see things happen, Lord. God, strengthen and heal, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. God, you know the desires of our hearts, Lord. You know those, Lord, that's laid upon our heart today, God. You know every hand that was raised, Lord God. You know every soul, Lord God, that's affected, Lord. I pray today, God, that you help us, Lord. God, let us ask you, Lord God, and Lord, let us see openly, Lord God, the things that we pray for, Lord, that we ask for. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bind us together in that love and unity, God, that you are in the precious name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Ushers, if you come forward today, lift up our Sunday school offering. And uh, while they're getting ready, brothers, don't forget. Don't forget, brothers. This is, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let's see. How many is ready for change? I want to see every brother raise his hand. You know what I mean when I say that, ready for change. Mom, change, okay, yeah, you, you got it. All right. Lord, thank you for this offering. Thank you for our class today. We ask that you bless us, Lord, bind us together. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you.
Thank you, brothers. Go ahead. And uh, while they're getting that ready, I just want to say again, thank you for all that come out yesterday. And uh, just keep praying. But uh, also, uh, just uh, I'm glad for our class. Look at look around. Look at our class. Don't we have Don't we have the best class in the building? I know them. I know the kids back there. They're probably a lot better looking than we are. I know they probably got a lot more energy than we got. But we're the most experienced class in the building, and so we want to take pride in that a little bit. Got a nice, I said the other day, I got a nice surprise for you today. I'm going to ask Sister Chandler to come up here. She's going to minister to us in our Sunday school class today. While she's coming, I want to say this here. I want to use this time. Uh, we're getting ready in the month of October to prepare. We're going to probably launch in November an online women's uh, ministry uh, from the church here, uh, teachings, uh, things that's, uh, that's specifically designed for the women uh, that we're going to launch. We, we're we're going to live stream it, but I think it's best that we go ahead and tape it and overlap, but we're going to probably be launching that in uh, the month of November. How many know that the month of November is Thanksgiving month? Amen. So that's a good time for us to launch it. Put your hands together this morning for our teacher today, Sister Chandra. Praise the Lord, church. It is truly an honor to be here um, and to stand before you this morning. Um, and I'm thankful for my bishop and just how he's allowing God to, how he's moving with God as God is moving. Some things are definitely different, definitely changing. And we got to be flexible with the Lord. Standing firm in our faith, but flexible when he moves. we got to be ready to move with him. Um, we're going to go to the book of John, chapter 8, if you'll stand with me for the reading of the word. We're going to read verses 31 through 36. Say amen if you, find, if you got it. All right. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Let me read that again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free... You shall be free indeed. Can we just pray? Can we ask God to just speak to us in this, in this word today? Father, I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord God. I'm so thankful, God, that your grace is sufficient, Lord God. And upon, Lord God, your word, we find life and we are made free. I ask, God, that every heart be open, every ear be open to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today, God. Lord, use this vessel, God. I stand and come before the congregation in the name of Jesus, asking, God, that you will deliver and lift us, Lord God, from our current state, God, that we will enter and walk in the kingdom of God, which is inherited to us, which is a promise to us, Lord God. Let us receive the the word today, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. The Lord was dealing with me about freedom. And as he was dealing with me about it, I began to, to really just question myself. What is freedom? If we are free in Christ, what exactly are we free from? We can easily just throw out the, the obvious, we're free from sin, right? But what does that really mean? 
If we're free from sin, why are Christians still sinning? What does that mean? We have to be able to ask God the hard questions. That's relationship. If you can't go to God with the hard stuff, then you're never going to get to where you need to go because you, you won't be unveiled. The, the, you will be blocked. You won't be able to be, the unveiling will not be able to happen for you to go through. So you got to be willing to go to God as you would to a friend, to a father, and ask the hard questions. And so I asked God, okay, I understand that you freed us from sin, but what does that mean? How do we even know? Especially if today it's hard to determine if you're a Christian or not. Today it's hard to see where does the blend stop. Jesus told the Jews, after just shortly having a conversation with them to let them know that I am the light, and if you believe on me, you believe in the Father, and you shall have life. Some of the Jews that were standing there believed what he had to say. And so this is where we come in on the conversation. We come in with him saying, huh, okay, you believe, you continue believing, if you continue in my word, that you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Perhaps we continue in sin because we don't know the truth. Perhaps we step into a church building with all the goosebumps and the tears and the, the feelings but we still have not believed the truth. It is a sad and scary thing to think about, but I'm thankful for the grace of God because of Jesus Christ who came as sin. Please hear me. I'm going to try to explain this to you. When God revealed this revelation to me, it pricked my heart and brought me to a place in my, the pit of my stomach. So I'm going to try to explain it like he gave it to me. But when Jesus Christ became sin, he literally became like you and me, the very sin that separated, that kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. He literally took that life on, but he did not submit to it. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was sin, but he never submitted to the sin. He, if you think about Adam and Eve in the garden, it says that Jesus came to redeem us of our sins and death. Because he took death when he resurrected. He literally overcame it. The death that we are being delivered from simply is the separation from God. When he says that we, he overcame death, he's saying there's no more separation between you and the, and the spirit, from the, the, from the natural and the spiritual, because of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me rewind. But he literally became sin so that he could feel, understand, and know, because his children was a mess. He didn't understand us back in the Old Testament. He watched us. He knew us, but he didn't understand us because he was not a man at that time. But when he became a man, Hebrews tells us, now he knows how to comfort us. Now he knows how to help us. Now he knows how to reel us back in because he understands now. So he literally put that on the tree and overcame the sin that controls our fleshly nature. And because he controlled or he killed, he overtook the sin that controls our fleshly nature, we have the same ability to do it. Can I tell you something that is not common? In fact, there was a person that I used to witness to that completely walked away because I said this, but it's scripture and I'm gonna prove it. We can be without sin. Do you know that? Do you hear me? We can be without sin. Because Christ defeated sin. Go with me to Romans chapter 6. 
Romans chapter 6. I'm going to kind of skip through this chapter. So I'm sorry, sis. Just kind of, just kind of keep in. I'm going to go slow. Romans chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 3. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. He's talking about just what it sounds like. He died to overcome sin. He killed it. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Let's skip down to verse number six. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin, the body of sin, the flesh, might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We are free from sin. Sin has no dominion over us. That means it has no power to control and dictate our decisions. It has no power to control and dictate our actions. It has no power any longer because Christ buried it. And when we receive Christ, when we believe the doctrine of salvation and we are baptized and buried with him, we are putting our flesh, our sin, our lustful nature in in the water, in the ground or the tomb, however you want to look at it, just as Christ did, which frees us from the bondage of sin. We can't say no longer the devil made me do it. That excuse does not, it does not go over with God. It may make somebody else laugh, but God does not wink an eye at that. Verse number seven, for he that is dead is free from sin. He that is dead, did you die with Christ in here? How many of y'all been baptized in Jesus' name? If you've died with Christ, you are free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. That means that when we decide, when we go about our day, we can go without sin. That's freedom. That's life. That is the light of life, to not sin in a world that's full of sin. To not sin when we are living in a sinful nature. That is the light of life. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Let's skip over to verse 14. (laughs) For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. And verse 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Can I tell you that because we are free from sin, if we do sin, it is our choice. It is a daily choice. We have the power and the option to not fulfill the lust of our flesh. In fact, Galatians chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 16 said, or I'm sorry, verse 15, 13 says, For brethren, you have been called into liberty. You have been called into freedom. Liberty means to, it means to liberate. That means that the state and condition that you were once enslaved to, you are released from. The state and condition. Human nature, we're a feelings type of individuals. Whatever we feel, we're going to do it. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it don't, I don't like that. I'm going to go do this. No. When we're free from sin, that lustful nature... We have the liberty to not submit to it. 
Let me take it a little deeper. It says, but only use not liberty for occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is exactly what Jesus was telling those Jews, that if you continue in my word, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will make you free. How often are you spending time learning the truth? How often are you getting to know your Savior? The very, the very man that took on the sinful nature so that he can set us free from the bondage of sin. Let me talk about the bondage of sin for a minute. Maybe this will help connect a little bit. The bondage of sin brings anxiety. Who battles anxiety? The bondage of sin brings depression. Who battles depression? The bondage of sin brings fear. Who are the fearful? The bondage of sin brings laziness. Who is not fulfilling their purpose in the earth? The bondage of sin puts you in a box, and it puts God in a box. So we shall never see the miracles and the signs and the wonders. Where's God at? God said, God said, God said. It's not where God's at. Where, where are you? Where are we choosing to be? What are we choosing to serve? It's easy to say it, but let me tell you, the word, be patient with me, I'm sorry. The word um, in verse 32 in John, John chapter 8, verse 32, I'm sorry. The word make, I'm sorry, continue in verse 31, if you continue, it means to hold a state. It means to hold a state. The very same state when we were renewed and released from sin on the day of salvation he says, hold that, continue in that, keep that. Don't walk away from that. Keep that mindset, keep that, that, that feeling. Now, a state really is your emotional state. It's an emotional feeling. But what we have to understand is when we receive baptism, when we get baptism, our mind is renewed. The repentance part changes our mindset. And that is what changes our state because we are what we think. So if we're thinking certain things, our emotions get involved and we get to do what we feel, and we create a life that does not honor God. But what we have to understand is, is after the reborn, we have a new mind. And he says to continue in that mind. How do you continue in that mind? He tells them, you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm not saying that once after conversion, you're automatically perfect, because if you ask me, hopefully one day I'll have a chance to teach on it, our, our definition of perfection and God's definition of perfection is not the same thing, just so you know. But it doesn't mean that we're going to step out of the water and, and, and be baptized with the Holy Ghost and then have everything, everything all together and be doing it right. That's not what that means. Because we are to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. It's a process. He said that all, things, all the old gets washed away and all things become new. Become is a process. Become is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a step by step. It's a moment. It's not just automatic. It's a process. And we have to learn how to give ourselves some grace in that because we really just want to be perfect tomorrow. And if we don't, we're going to beat ourselves over the head and Jesus don't love me no more. It's not how God works. We got to understand that we have to continue in his word. We should not be making the word fit into our life. Our life 
needs to fit into this word. We cannot afford it in this hour to not know what his word has to say. We cannot afford in this hour to not stand and believe on it when our circumstances say something different. The circumstances are what they are. A miracle comes from the chaos. If you pay attention to the circumstance, you're going to miss your miracle. But what you have to learn to do is take what you know, not what you feel, not what you think, what you know, and put it in the midst of that circumstance and stand on it. Continue to carry that state as it was in the beginning. This is what separates us from the rest. This is why Jesus told the Jews, you are my disciples indeed. You are my disciples indeed if you continue in my word. Now, how do we get there from where we are right now? Let's kind of take some self-examining. Kind of examine your heart a little bit. Because that word continue also means in the Greek, be present. Be present in his word. We are so busy. We are so distracted. We are so caught up in the affairs of life that we are not present to see the truth when we need it. It is robbing us. It is stealing from us. And it is destroying many churches and many Christians. God is bringing forth the word today to say, stop sinning. It pricked my heart so hard when he, <laughs> he dealt with me in the midst of this study. I'm talking to me just as much as I'm delivering what he gave to me to you. He says, my church, stop sinning. I have given you power to overcome it. Quit living as if I am powerless to you. God says to put your trust in me and know me, know my word, know what I have to say, know what I think, know what I'm feeling over here, and I will give you freedom. Freedom is without sin. We cannot be a church that pulls people out of the dark if we ourselves is living in the dark. I didn't follow none of my notes. I don't even know where I'm at. I read a book the other day that had a pretty awesome quote that I wanted to take. I kind of tweaked it a little bit. But it simply says, we cannot get free from the dark. Uh, yeah, we cannot be free from the dark if we are, we cannot be free from sin if we are in the dark with the devil. I think that's how it goes. We cannot be free from sin if we're still in the dark with the devil. The very thing to do is confess. Confession brings the light into your darkness. There was a time in my early Christian life when I was, I think I got saved in 2003, so I was still like in high school. And somewhere around there, I, I backslid pretty quickly. And during that time, a lot of things happened. And one of my cousins um, decided to disrespectfully cuss my mama out. And I was hot. I was so hot. And I hunted her down. And I was going to murder her. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not joking. I'm telling you my heart right now because I'm telling you how this works. And I went through months looking for her. She would literally run from me because I was coming after her because she disrespected my mama. She, was, she did her bad. And I hunted her down. And I threatened her. And I rode by her. I was a psycho, y'all. <laughs> I rode by her house. I did all of the things. Until one day, I had an encounter with Jesus. And the Lord began to deal with me to come back to him. And in that moment, he showed me what, that, what was in the way. And it was that rage, that revenge, that wrath I had for her. And I said, okay, Lord, 
you know what's there. Let me go ahead and give it to you. And I said all of the things. I hate her. I wish she'd get hit by a bus. I hope she dies. I hope she gets cancer. I said all of the things. Yes, this came out of me. This was in me. This was in me. These are the things that, well, if I say this, Jesus might strike me down. Let me go ahead and cover it up. Say, well, Jesus, you know I don't like her. No, that's not what's in you. What's in you is what's in you. If you hold on to it, if you keep it in the dark, you cannot be set free. The truth shall make you free. You have to search your heart. You have to be present with your thoughts. Because when your thoughts get to run a rampant and it doesn't come in alignment with the word of God, guess what your state's going to be? Your state's going to be exactly what that wicked, evil thought that was planted in your head. Whether it's a seed planted from Satan or whether it's something that's already in your heart. You have to go in and you got to open it up and say, Lord, this is what's there. Take it. You confess. First John chapter one, verse nine. Confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Not just of that sin that you confessed, but every bit of unrighteousness that's in your heart, he will cleanse you. This is where it starts. We cannot claim to be a Christ follower and walk in sin because he did not. We follow the one. We mimic the one. We become the one. And he did not have sin. If we're sitting here today and we know, you know where you are. I know where I am. And you know that you're battling anxiety. You know that you're fearful. You know that you're depressed. Search your heart. Let truth come in. Let truth break forth and make you free from this bondage, this slavery in which Jesus Christ died to free us from. He does not hate us because it's there. His grace is sufficient. He knows right where you are, why you're here, and he knew you was going to be here before you got here. But you know what else he knows? That you are predestined to do even greater. And he can't take you to your predestinated place until those things are removed because they cannot go to this new place in him. They cannot fit. It cannot fit in that place, in that mold that's already fit just for you. If you feel stuck today, search your heart this morning. If you feel bound today, if you feel heavy, search your heart this morning. Even if things are going on that are out of your circumstances, you can tell what's inside of you by how you respond to it. And I'm talking about from the panic, from the fear, from the sorrow, from the grief. You can tell what's inside of you by how you're, how you're responding to it. What's your state in the midst of the circumstance? Jesus says to continue in my word. What does his word say? What does his word say? His word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when you're feeling alone, perhaps you need to draw closer to a body in which he dwells in instead of going to your island. Perhaps when you feel misunderstood, perhaps you need to sit down in the word and say, Lord, I know you understand me because they didn't understand you. This is his word. This is our lifeline. And if we are not daily connecting to our lifeline, you will die. Remember, the wages of sin is death. We must be more aware of what's going on inside of us. We must be more aware of our condition, our state, and bring it under subjection to his word. If you don't know his word, open up your Bible and read it. So simple. So simple.
And he is freely to speak to you. He is free to reveal to you. He is free to set you free. We don't want to be in there. We want revival. Do you want revival? Revival begins in you. Revival begins inside of us, and it overflows out there. We will see revival when we get revival here, when we start digging up the junk, when we start removing the distractions, when we start facing the giants like David did. That's when revival will come. It's a beautiful, hurtful process. But it is one in which we are created to accomplish. Do you believe that today? Do we believe that today? First John chapter 2, verse number 5. Is this mine? But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. It's not about the good works that we do. It's not about that. It's not about how much you can speak in tongues, though that makes a difference. It's not about that. What it is about is if you know how to love well. We can't love well. We're not capable as flesh. But when we follow the spirit, which is his word, then we learn how to love well. And since I have a little bit of time, I'm going to go ahead and break that down a little bit. Loving well is not just doing the good acts. In fact, if we read Corinthians, uh, the book of love in Corinthians, chapter 13, I think it is, it tells us exactly what love is. Has anybody ever really stopped to look and check that out? When you say, oh, I do all the good things. I, I'm, I give my life for everybody. I, I'm, it's all about everybody before it's myself, and I'm, I love everybody. That's how we measure love. I feel all the stuff, and oh, my heart swells, and that's how we measure love, but that's not how God measures us, nor is that really who he is. However, the fruit of that shows. I'm trying to flip to it, and I missed it. In second, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Let's break this down a little bit. Charity suffers long. I can only take so much, and I got to put them at a distance. I can't deal. And is kind. Charity envies not. It's not jealous. It's, when you rise, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that you're rising. When you got, when you getting blessed, I'm happy that you're being blessed. Charity vaunteth not itself. Charity don't talk about itself. It's not about... I got this new dress. Y'all like it? I did get it. I got it at School of the Prophet. It was great. <laughs> Charity don't do that. <laughs> it's not puffed up. It's not walking around looking down on people and, you know, I got all these philosophies and scholarships and degrees and you don't know nothing. That's not love. Does not behave itself unseemly. It's not walking around here being ghetto. Love is not unseemly. Seeketh not her own. In other words, if it disturbs your peace, I'm going to make sure I step away so your peace can be kept. Ooh, that's a hard thing because you're disturbing my peace, so I should be able to disturb your peace. That's not love, but that's how we operate. That's flesh. The Spirit says, 
do, do what you can to keep your brother and your sister's peace. That's love. It thinks no evil. But they deserve it. They shouldn't have did that. It's, just, it's, not, it's, not, it's the truth. I'm not talking negative. It's the truth. It says no evil. Truth or no truth, whatever your truth is, don't mean that it's okay. It says no evil. Love thinks, thinks no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. Beareth all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. It bears all things. That person just ain't changing quick enough. I'm tired. Somebody come take him off my shoulder. I'm a, you, you, sister so-and-so can take, you go ahead and take care of that. It bears all things. It bears the heavy. It bears people's ignorance. It bears people's mess. It bears all things. It bears it. It believes all things. It gives the benefit of the doubt. Even though proof has shown that I'm probably right, you probably going to mess up. It doesn't have that idea. It, it literally gives the benefit of the doubt with no strings attached, nothing around it. Hopes all things, always looking for the best, and endures all things. When it gets rough and it gets hard and you do get disappointed and you do get rejected and you do get hurt, it's still going to say, but I love you, forget about it. Let's, let's keep moving forward. It is the complete opposite of how our natural selves react to things, how our flesh acts to things. Therefore, we must learn to stop doing it. We must learn to love like Jesus loved. In fact, when it comes to the body of Christ, he tells us to love one another as I have loved you. If you take a quick examine over your life and how you treated the Lord and how you treat him today, are you treating one another the same way? The mercy that he's shown you, the blessings that you didn't deserve, the times he rescued you, the times that when you threw a fit, he didn't beat you down. He sat beside you and held you. The times that you were forgiven and forgiven and forgiven and forgiven and forgiven and forgiven. Let me say it again. And forgiven. Or do we do each other that way? If we continue in his word, if we continue in his word, we will be able to do this. If we continue in his word, if we hold it to our heart, if we're spending time in his word. You'll stand with me. Amen. I asked the Lord as I was putting this together, I literally, he went silent on me in the middle of this. <laughs> and I got, I was like, okay, I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to be all right. And I said, I, I don't know if this is my place to do this. He said, this is what I gave you. I said, all right, Lord. Because just like it pricked my heart, if we want to see change, we got to do it his way. If we want to grow, we have to do it his way. And if we're not knowing him, we're not going to know how to do it his way. Whatever you knew yesteryear, put that up. Start fresh. Can I get an amen? Can we start fresh today? Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I'm so thankful for your spirit, God, that emboldens us, Lord God, to be without sin in a world that is full of sin and chaos. I'm so thankful, Lord God, that your love and your grace is sufficient for us, Lord God. And Lord God, and we find freedom in this life of suffering. We find freedom in this life of denying ourselves, of dying daily. God, there is freedom in this, Lord God. Father, we desire to taste and see again, Lord God, this freedom that you have given us on the day of Calvary. And pray, God, that our hearts will receive the word as we continue in it. God, let our hunger increase for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're dismissed for about five minutes. Go get a drink. Use the bathroom. See you in a minute.